the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone Podcast, presented by Star Credit Union, featuring Jaguar senior writer John Hosier and executive producer Dave DeCandis. This week's guest, I wanted to get somebody who I consider an old, old, old friend, and I'm saying old on my part, not his part, uh, to talk about Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer a little bit. And this is a person who worked with him uh, six, seven years, had tremendous success around him, probably knows him as well as anybody. I'm talking about former University of Florida athletic director Jeremy Foley. And Jeremy, to me, you'll always be Florida athletic director because you were Florida athletic director when I was there. I'll never consider anybody else for the job, but I know you've obviously moved on. First of all, how are you? I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much. You know, I'm, you know, obviously enjoying my life. It's a, a little different, um, but I'm still blessed to be around this place. I help Scott out when he needs some help. You know, I'm doing a little teaching here. You know, I mentor some student athletes, mentor some students on campus, you know, do some speaking, do some leadership development. But uh, obviously my life's my own now and um, I've enjoyed it. But most of all, I still enjoy my connection still with the Gators. And I'm, I'm thrilled that obviously Urban uh, has, has come to Jacksonville. And uh, you guys have uh, remained close. Did you have any idea that he was taking the job? Any any clue? Were you surprised like the rest of us? Oh, he and I had talked about, you know, his next steps. I mean, I knew he was interviewing with the Jaguars. I think he interviewed a couple other places or at least had some people reach out to him. Um, I kind of got the sense when he talked it and told me that he'd met with Shad a second time and Again, I don't remember when that was, but, um, sure. you know, I know how it works. You, you know, start meeting with people more than once. There's, um, you can see where it might be headed. But, you know, um, I knew I, – I, first of all, I know him really well, and I know how, how, how much he likes to compete. Uh, when he stepped down from Ohio State, um, I did not think he was finished coaching. Uh, I didn't know how long he would take, um, take off. I, I do know he, he was enjoying his life. He enjoyed his, his gig with Fox, enjoying his family, enjoying his grandkids. Um, but also I know who he is and I know what makes him churn and competing is right at the top of the list. So, you know, he did not call me the night before and say, Hey, tomorrow we're announcing the Jags, but I kind of got a sense something was happening. And, sure, um, sure. obviously as I said, happy for him. I'll have to be up front. I don't have a list of questions often on this podcast. I have a list of questions, but I really just know that, you know, urban better than the rest of us. I don't know him yet at all. But but the biggest thing that I wanted to ask of you is there's always a perception with any coach, especially to coach at a school like Florida. You get big time coaches who are there and people see them one way, but people inside the organization see them another way. And I'm wondering if you could tell me something about Urban that maybe people don't realize or that is out there is, you know, people say this about Urban Meyer and you go, boy, that's just not the guy I know. You know, obviously, um, I think through the years, Herman's gotten a, you know, bad rap for no discipline. Um, I think he gets a bad rap for, you know, having a bunch of bad apples in his program. I think he gets a bad rap for not having, you know, you know, values that people think he should have. You know, I think anybody who's been in a chair, obviously, I sat in a chair for 25 years. You make decisions that maybe, you know, if you had a crystal ball, you would have handled them differently or done them differently, right? But, um, you know, Ehrman, you know, when he was here, you know, his office is right next to mine. I know what he stood for. Uh, was he perfect? No, there are no perfect people. 
Um, but they care about the University of Florida. They care about his players. They do things the right way. All right. So, you know, maybe one of his one of his faults is uh, or one of the things that have caused people to um, give him the rap that he gets is that, you know, he believed in giving people second chances. You know? mm-hmm. OK, and it's not like we had a bunch of guys, you know, you know, we had we had a bunch of guys doing this all stupid stuff. OK, you know, driving around with suspended licenses and and, you know, things that, you know, the laundry list, you know, kind of gets to a point where it becomes ur- urban legend and um, kind of <laughs> is what it is. But, um, you know, I, I don't think you can win at this level. I don't think you win at any level. You win the way urban won without discipline on the team. And he had it. OK. Um, so anyway, I, you know, again, I'll be the first to admit, just like I'll be the first to admit about myself. You know, he probably made some decisions he wished he had done over and gave a second chance for maybe he wishes in retrospect he hadn't. But. You know, his heart was in the right place. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, this I do know. He'll put his heart and soul into what he's doing in Jacksonville. You know, he will, he will, uh, his efforts, you know, relentless efforts doesn't even begin to describe what he'll do to try to make that franchise a, a winner. Um, I think it's a perfect opportunity for him. I think the college game for Urban, you know, he'd been there, done that. You know, the college game becomes more and more difficult with the, you know, with the scrutiny and also, you know, transfer portals and, Name, image, image, and likeness, and he and I talked about those things. Um, I, you know, but I, I do think you probably talked to Billy Donovan about this, making the transition from you know college to professional, and you know I think it's probably um, you know he's in a perfect place for him. He's um, obviously knows the state of Florida, um, organization. You know, no disrespect to anybody, there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, calling it like it is. You know, you you won one game, you're one in fifteen. Certainly having the first pick in the draft is going to Certainly probably had a factor because Urban knows to win at this level, any level, certainly our level, that level, you better have a guy behind center and certainly he's going to have a chance to find that person. But, you know, you know, I think that sometimes because of a, a rap that, you know, I'm not going to, you know, it is, as I said, it is what it is. People are entitled sure. to their opinions. Um, it doesn't detract from the type of coach he is. And also, you know, Urban's, you know, Urban's a good dude. You know, Urban kind of, you know, he's in an extroverted business. And I think more, well, he's a very private person. Uh, his circle of trust is small. Um, but, you know, he's got a good sense of humor. Um, he is, um, he can ball bust as good as anybody. Um, but it's, it's, he's a serious dude. And it's very important to him. And, you know, I saw that firsthand. I saw what he did here. And so, um, you know, uh, like I've said often since he took the job at Jacksonville, don't bet against Urban Meyer because he's won wherever <laughs> he's been. You've been around, obviously, in, in an impressive, unbelievably impressive list of coaches that you've hired. Um, what uh, was there anything that separated Urban from the pack? And, and again, you've been around greatness and you had an eye for it at Florida uh, with all sports. Anything stand out? Well, it's, 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 this is going to be a nebulous response. And I think people understand what I'm trying to say. They'll get it. But um you know, Urban has it, okay? He has the it factor. I think incredible leaders, incredible coaches, soldiers, CEOs, you know, people who have incredible success, they have it. They walk in the room and you know that's the guy. And I'm not talking about some arrogant dude walking in and, you know, cock it a walk, look at me. I'm just talking about you can tell. He's confident in what he does. You know, he's, um, you know, he kind of people are drawn to him. People, you know. I always thought he would have been um, an incredible 
um, soldier on the battlefield. Not that I know anything about it personally, but I study that stuff. I, I'm involved with some leadership stuff with people in the military. So it's kind of a something that intrigues me. But he would convince people this is the right mission and this is the right way to handle it. This is the right way to go. And people would have bought in. People buy into him. And um, because he has, you know, he's, he's a good at uh, manufacturing a, a certain culture that leads to success. All right. Um, and, you know, it's also what he does is, um, you know, not easy. You know, there's not there's nothing easy about how he will, you know, build a program. What does that mean? People are going to have to buy in. People are going to have to work hard. Everybody's going to have to be on the same page. When he and I were talking, you know, obviously when he was at Utah and I was, you know, trying to get him to come to Florida and we were just, you know, maybe the first meeting, maybe the second meeting. Um, you know, he, he talked a lot about culture, talked about the people around him. Is everybody going to buy in? He can't have people, you know, one foot in, one foot out. He can't have people who you know, don't buy in and, you know, pretend to buy in. I mean, he knows that uh, just like uh, everybody who runs a successful organization knows it takes an entire group of people traveling down the road the same way. It doesn't mean we don't disagree. doesn't mean that, you know, you know, every once in a while somebody doesn't travel down the road the right way and they have to be replaced, whatever have you. But, you know, he, he wanted to know about the people in the organization because he knows to be successful and he will demand total buy-in, total loyalty. It doesn't mean he doesn't want input. doesn't mean he doesn't want, you know, pushback. Um, but, you know, people talking out of school, people, you know, talking outside the room, you know, that's, that's a problem for him. It's a problem for me. You know, when I was the athletic director, I couldn't tolerate that either. Tolerate disagreements. You know, reasonable people will disagree. That's how you get better. You know, you push back, you, you know, you push and push and push and you get pushed back. You, you, you self-evaluate, you evolve. But, you, you know, a lot of times in business, people, you know, talk in the streets, talk outside the school, and he, he won't tolerate that, you know. So uh, his incredible focus, first time I met him, he could tell it. Um, and, again, you know, he, he, he also smart enough to what I liked about Urban, Billy Donovan, Steve Spurrier, they have ability to look in the mirror and self-evaluate and go, wow, I need to do this better, or I need to, I need to evolve, or maybe we shouldn't have done that, you know. Again, he's one at the highest level. You know, obviously the, the the best coach in college football probably in history will be Nick Saban. I also, also think that if Urban State or our place for as long as Nick had been at um, Alabama or Ohio State for as long as Nick had been in Alabama, he'd be challenging because um, right. he's just a flat-out winner. He's a winner. You mentioned the self-evaluation, and, and that circles into something that I think maybe people miss about him, uh, the ability to adapt. Like, if you if you look at his history, adapted offensively, adapted at Ohio State in terms of how he did things from Florida, that's a conscious thing for him, right? That's something that he knows is important. Yeah, uh, Urban's a, a student of leadership. I mean, he he reads about it. I think he's been teaching at Ohio State the last couple of years. You know, he and I used to talk about it all the time. You know, he reads books. He's around leaders. He has obviously access to them because of who he is and what he's done and. You can't be a successful leader without looking in the mirror saying, you know something, this isn't working the way I want it to, or looking at the hands you're dealt and saying, okay, we need to adapt and we need to play differently or we need to, you know, whatever have you. I mean, obviously, you know, he recruited, he, he took over a team here that, um, you know, obviously a bunch of good players, but hadn't had great success. And he won a national championship with them in the second year. And they were different than the Tim Tebow years and the Percy Harvins years, although Percy and mm -hmm. Tebow or Tim were part of those teams, but, you know, he, he had adapted. He likes to win. Okay. He likes to be successful. 
And he's not going to be, you know, try to jam a square peg into a round hole. He's smart enough to realize I got to, I got to, I got to whittle this, you know, square peg down and make it fit. You know, so he has the ability, he has absolutely the ability to self-evaluate. You know, people talking about evolving, you know, I've heard and, and I get this, you know, can Urban handle losing five or six? You know, if you go 11 and five in the NFL, you've had a heck of a year and you're in the playoffs and you right. may be hosting a playoff game. You know, it's the way it is up there, right? Not that I'm an NFL expert beyond being a fan. Um, you know, I've, I heard the same thing about when Billy went to um, went to um, right to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma State. How's Billy going to handle losing 30 games? You know, you go up there and you're 52 and 30, you're having a good right. year. You're 60 and 22, you're having a great year. You know, it's 22 losses. If you lose eight in college, you know, you're talking them off the ledge of the O'Connell Center, right? But, <laughs> you know, Urban's, you know, Urban understands. I mean, he, he will adapt, and I guarantee he's picked the brain of a million guys. You know, he and um, Bill Belichick are close, and, you know, he's smart enough to adapt, right? Because his plan, he has a plan to win, right? His plan to win in college, obviously, will probably be different than his plan to win in NFL. I'm sure there's some, some similarities, but, you know, not – overacting to a loss in the NFL, I mean, I'm sure he'll, he, he will evolve and figure that out. You mentioned your offices were next to each other. Um, not to reveal too much, but after a loss, were there tough times where you had to counsel? I mean, is that it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I would do that with anybody. I mean, part of my job sure. as athletic director is that, um, you know, I mean, obviously nobody's going undefeated. And obviously at some point your coach has got to understand losing part of the gig and Right, just an opportunity to get better. But obviously some losses are tougher than others and some losses are more at stake than others. And so, yeah, uh, I thought that was part of my job because uh, Urban trusted me. You know, Urban and I always didn't agree, you know, but um, Billy Donovan and I didn't always agree. You know, we go right down the list. Right. You know, that's the way in the world. It's the way it's supposed to be. Um, but I think if you have relationships with people and you trust them and there's that's reciprocated, and you can have honest, open conversations. There may be a reason we lost that he didn't see. And, you know, um, part of my job is that to try to help us be successful and along the line to try to help, help him be successful. And he's very receptive to that. You know, Urban's not like, you know, who the heck are you to be talking to me? That's, the, you know, he's got an ego like we all do in terms of he's confident in what he does. You know, and I, I, you know I'm sure there's some people out there who think that his ego is overbearing. It is not, in my opinion. Um, can he be tough? Yeah, I said that earlier. He can be tough. He can be tough. He was tough on me sometimes, right? It's okay. You know, I have no problem with that because I knew what he was trying to get done. You know, it wasn't about the ego. It was about the program and the culture and what he was trying to build. But yeah, there were times when I would sit there, you know, even when he was at Ohio State, even when he was going through tough times, you know, after leaving Florida, you know, uh, again, he and I, you know, sometimes our relationship would, um, you know, separate a little bit, but it always comes back because of the trust. Right. And the, it always comes trust because of the trust we have and the, uh, the feelings we have for each other and the friendship we have. You mentioned trust. That's a huge, uh, in, the, in the couple people I've talked to about him, that always comes up and his trust with players, that relationship. Um, I guess how important is that? I assume you saw it firsthand. The trust that he has with the players is uh, paramount, right? Yeah, I mean, trust is one of his um, one of one of his linchpins. You know, I'm sure he's got others, but I mean, as far as I know, there's not many more that are any higher than that. Okay, and it's not you know his trust is you know like anything else. He just you know 
He wants people to be honest with him. Want to give an honest effort. You know, things are things aren't. There's a problem somewhere. Tell me what it is. And um, mm -hmm. you know, I just know trust is important to him. And and um, that'll be that'll be a focal point of whatever he tries to build there in Jacksonville. He's perceived, and again, I know people who have covered him, people who've been around him. He's perceived as aloof somehow. And I don't, you know, is that an accurate thing? I mean, I've also heard that it's basically because he's so focused on what he's doing that he's not going to hang out in the hallway with people. You know, if you follow me, he's not going to uh, be everybody's buddy, if you will. But that's not his role, right? Yeah, and that doesn't make him a bad person. I mean, aloof means to me someone really doesn't give a flip. And, right. you know, I don't see that in him. I mean – he is incredibly focused. You know, it's, it's, it's different. It's different than my style. I worked for a guy once who walked down the hallway and he was the same way, incredibly focused. And I was young and say, good morning. And you'd get nothing back and you'd go into the room. Well, whoa, 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 what did I do wrong? Right. And I've always, right. I always remember that. So when I walk down the hall, I'm trying to engage. Right. But, you know, different strokes for different folks, you know, the person that I was referring to wasn't a bad person. He was just mm -hmm. concentrating on something else. And Urban can be that way. But uh, I can see where people would feel that way. But, you know, he's a grinder. You know, he, he is going to grind and grind and grind and grind. And, you know, I think that sometimes he pays a price for that. Kind of, you know, he's like a meteor that burns bright. And sometimes, you know, it, it can burn. Uh, maybe that happened in Florida. Mm -hmm. Maybe it happened in Ohio State. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But um, he has no governor uh, on his efforts. And I used to talk to him about that, you know, Herb. Right. You know, you know, but it's also it's why he's so successful because he knows no other speed. Um, and so when you go on that fast, sometimes you can walk right by somebody or have a quick answer because you got things to do that are more, uh, that are paramount to trying to be successful on the field. And at the end of the day, that's his call. People should respect that and understand that, you know. And mm -hmm. um you know, it's not where Urban is a good human being. And um, he's not trying to be disrespectful, in my opinion. He's not trying to be aloof. If he comes across that way, I see it as being unintentional because his mind is, you know, maybe 10 steps ahead of everybody else. It's also, right. why, he, it's also why he's successful. The NFL, I know you haven't been around the NFL, but you've followed it and you know people. Were you surprised that he chose that marriage? The NFL. No. You know, just based on some of my conversations with him, maybe the last, you know, six months. Right. I just felt, I mean, not like I'm saying you need to go to the NFL. I just felt that the college game, I, you know, used to talk to him about, you know, you were at Florida, you're at Ohio State, you won three. I mean, is winning four going to change your life? You know, um, because, you know, college football can be a grind. Um, mm -hmm. And... I mean, trust me, I loved what I did. I'm not, there's no woes me here. You know, I loved every second. <laughs> I would change my life or anything, you know. But as I step back and see it, it's different than it was when I was in the game. It was different than when Coach Spurrier and I were working together. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And but I also know he's not the type of guy to put his feet up. You know, I really didn't know where he would land. I do think knowing Urban, he was going to land somewhere that was going to have a, had a quarterback or was going to have a quarterback because, <laughs> you know, I know how he is. And um, so, um, Again, I, I, I know the NFL, like, as I said, a fan. I do pay attention. I've been around the Jaguars since the day they came. Uh, sure. I, you know, I want them to be incredibly successful because I know what it means to the city. Um, but I'm not surprised. 
I, you know, I figured, you know, I think Urban's 56, 57, maybe 58. I'm not trying to age you, Urban. If you're older than, if you're younger than that, I apologize. But, you know, one more run. I could see having one more run in him, and then he's going to enjoy He's going to enjoy his life. And it's pretty much leadership, trust, the things we've talked about with him, focus. You know, that translates it. That translates no matter the age, right? I mean, on some level, if you can build a culture, if you have that sort of focus, I know you can't predict the future because the NFL is tough. Yeah, but, yeah, but I do I do think it translates in this regard. Now, how it does, I don't know. I've never been in an NFL locker room, okay? Um, sure. But I made, somebody, somebody made that comment to me when Urban first got hired. You know, some of the stuff he does in college isn't going to work at that level. And that may be true for some of it. Again, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I mean by saying that, but it could be true, right? Here's the other thing, though. You know, those players in Jacksonville, again, I'm not being disrespectful to any previous coach, anybody. I mean, I'm not doing that. But sure. the Jags are 1-15. and 15. Those are professional football players. Those guys are not – they compete and they want to win. They can't be happy being 1-15. and 15. They, want to, they want to be in the playoffs, you know, when the playoffs are going on. They want to, they want to compete for the Super Bowl. So – I think they buy in completely because, you know, has this been any fun? Is that any fun? It's, it's not any fun for anybody. Losing is no fun for anybody. And so, you know, you know, needing, uh, trying to make a cultural shift. And, you know, again, I know Urban, if people don't buy in, you know, they probably won't be around very long. And that's not a threat. That's reality. That's any organization. If Jeremy Foley is the athletic director of Florida trying to build a culture and I got, 50 people buying to my culture and five who don't, you know, eventually that's not workable, right? I mean, I, I can't have five who, I'm not saying agree with me every second of the day, but culture of winning, culture of going hard, a culture of, you know, losing is in the rearview mirror, a culture of everything we do in the weight room, a culture of how we handle ourselves, the way we practice, you know. I just think, again, if I'm, if I'm under contract to the Jaguars, I don't care who it is, they can't be proud of being one in 15. They're going to want to buy in. They want to win. So everybody does at this level, and I assume at that level there too. This may be an impossible question, but you guys met in 04, you and Urban, I assume that, you know, or first year working together. What's the biggest change you've seen in 17 years? Well, obviously, you know, the fire burns, you know, maybe not burn, not the fire to be successful, but the the fire in the belly about stuff that drives you crazy. I mean, Billy Donovan is a totally different dude than when I hired him at the age of 30, right. you know, right. his, his result, his grunt, his desire to win, his efforts to win, his focus on winning. That hasn't changed in one second. That's the way Urban will be. You know, I think Urban won, you know, 2004, you know, probably some things that um, seemed really important at the time and would send him, you know, into a, into a, a tizzy, probably smart enough to realize, you know, that really didn't have enough to do, really had nothing to do with us being successful. No different than me when I was AD at 39, you know, I, I, I was a leader in a certain way and I, I evolved in a way that I felt was much more effective. You know, I, you know, 17 years is a long time and um, mm -hmm. uh, many, many roads traveled. And I, I go back to what I said earlier, Urban is smart enough to realize that, you know, you have to evolve as a leader. You can't be the same person you were in 2004. You know, he knows what was successful. He knows what can be more successful. He's a student, again, of not just, you know, calling plays and motivating players. He's a, he's a student of culture. And, um, 
you know, he and I both uh, believe that culture drives winning. And, um, but like any culture, culture has to evolve over a period of time. And the culture that he had here in 2004 is, I'm sure, different than the culture he had when he first went to Ohio State. And, and it'll be different than what he's building in, in Jacksonville. But there'll be some similarities and there'll be some, there'll be some linchpins, trust being mm-hmm. one of them, effort being one, you know, loyalty being one, um, focus being one. Those will all be the linchpins, but how he does things and his reaction to certain things, um, mellow would be not a word that I ever associate with Urban. Um, maybe after a big win, um, maybe after a championship, and he and I were blessed to share, you know, several together. Um, yeah, and then he was mellow, but then the focus the next day was, how am I going to win another one? And um, so he's not mellow very long. Um, incredible drive, and his drive obviously is a key to his success, in my opinion. I was going to ask you how long he allowed himself to enjoy the national titles. One night? Yeah, you know, but we did a good job around here of trying to celebrate those things because they're hard to do. You know, yeah. I think he and I both believe when you celebrate them too long, it impacts you the following year. There's, you know, there's a balance there. Um, sure. But, you know, certainly, you know, I thought one of my jobs at Ledrick is make sure any program we had right here, when we, when we won something, we celebrated it. You're not over the top, but, you know, it's very, very hard to do. Um, sure. Very hard to do. So, yeah, we celebrated it, but there, there's a time period on that. You can't you can't continue to, you you know, he might have turned the page almost immediately, and I would I would unturn the page by, you know, putting <laughs> on an event or, you know, doing something for his coaches and making sure we had a big dinner to, to give out the rings, you know, that maybe, you know, took several weeks or a month to manufacture. And, but, you know, I, like I said, I, like him, believe if you celebrate it too long, it can impact you um, going forward. Sure. Final question along these lines. Um, you mentioned his ability as a student and his ability to adapt. And I'm not even sure if this is an answerable question, but it's one thing to study it. It's another, it's one thing to know you need to adjust to something, but the ability to actually do it, if you follow me, like it's one thing to say, okay, I need to change here, but he's been able to sort of actually make the changes. It, is that something that separates him? Maybe is that an intelligence uh, ability to analyze? And maybe I'm getting too deep into that, but no, it, I mean, it strikes I think, me that it's easy to say it, but not as easy to do it. Yeah, probably true for some people, but um, again, not to this isn't a leadership um, podcast, but you know that's what effective leaders can do, right? Okay. Uh, all effective leaders have egos, and when you're not willing to adapt, it means you're not willing to admit you made a mistake. And a lot of people in leadership roles aren't willing to do that, okay? Um, and so it hurts them. I mean, when I get, you know, I do some leadership development, I do some leadership um, um, teaching over, at, uh, over at, um, at the university here. And all leaders, I said earlier, have to look in the mirror. But like you say, you can look in the mirror and then not be willing to do it because, you know, they're stubborn, ego gets in the way. Um, and like I said, you have to admit that you, something you did, didn't work. A lot of people in the chair aren't willing to do that. You know, right. I think people like Urban are willing to do it. Billy Donovan willing to do it. Steve Spurrier is willing to do it. You know why? Because they want to be incredibly successful. And right. they are smart enough to realize that if something they're doing is impacting the end result, you know, they're not going to keep banging their head against the wall and wonder why we're not, you know, you know, it's like, um, you know, trying to make a quarterback do something he can't do, but you keep trying to do it and you keep losing the game and you're not willing to change. What, what, why? You know, again, it's, it's to me, it's indicative of anybody who wants to be a really, really good leader. 
you got to evolve and change. You got to raise your hand and say, hey, what I'm doing is not working. You know, what I'm doing, I better change or we're not going to be successful. We want to be around you. And here, here's another way to look at it. And this is the way Urban looks upon it. If I don't change and we're not as successful as we need to be because of my ego, then, then I'm not doing my job. I'm not doing the job I got paid for. I'm not taking care of the organization that I work for. I'm not taking care of the Gators. I'm not taking care of the Jags because I was stubborn and I didn't want to admit that I made a mistake, you know? I mean, like all people, you know, Urban, myself, somebody, it may take a while to get to that point mm-hmm. because people, are, they have strong convictions and they have strong beliefs and it's worked before. But again, because of Urban's overwhelming desire to be successful, he does not like to fail. Um, he is going to evolve and realize, wait a minute, we need to adapt here. And he is able to do that. You mentioned at the top. It's one of his strengths. It's one of his strengths, in my opinion. You mentioned at the top, but you're not betting against him, are you? No. I mean, again, I I don't bet. I'm not allowed to. uh, And I never have. But, um, and I I don't say that flippantly. You know, I just believe that, um, you know, my mom, I'd never been on the horses, but I think my mom's dad used to. And I remember she told me, I think she told me once that her dad told her, always bet on the jockey. Okay. And that was his philosophy. And I like that, you know, and I've remembered that forever. And, you know, you know, you go into a big ball game and I got Steve Spur on the sideline or Billy on the sideline or Herman on the sideline. I used to tell my staff, I'm going to bet on my jockey. And I would tell the Jag fans the same thing. You know, obviously none of us have a crystal ball, um, but just look at his track record. He's won a lot of races. You know, he did an incredible job. Bowling Green, obviously Utah, obviously Florida, obviously Ohio State, you know, perfect bumps in the road, you know, things that we could have done better done better or different, of course. But, um, you know, the track record of success is pretty, pretty significant and pretty telling, in my opinion. You know, he is not a one-hit wonder. Um, he's, he's, had a, he's had a string of hits. And I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. Obviously, a lot of work to do, I imagine, again. Uh, on the outside looking in, but um, you know he is. Um, I, I would bet on that job in my opinion. Jeremy Foley has hired as many big-time college coaches as anybody knows coaching, knows leadership. Jeremy, I appreciate you taking some time to talk about Urban Meyer and the Ozone Podcast. Thank you very much, and it was an absolute pleasure catching up with you. So, honest, great to see you again, and it was my honor. And obviously, I wish everybody the best of luck. Nobody's pulling harder than me, and. Uh, uh, hopefully now I got a guy up there who might be able to get me a ticket. So maybe I'll see you around the ballpark when they let, let us fans in. Okay. I would enjoy it very much. Thanks again, Jeremy. Take care, John. Thanks for having me. Good luck.